What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Snaggle Show. I am, of course, your host, Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J. First off, I would like to apologize for the lateness of this week's episode. Um, it has been an absolutely insane uh, week. For those of you who don't know, um, I am part of the community management team for Out of the Park Baseball. Uh, last Friday, we launched um, our 20th edition of the game, Out of the Park Baseball 20. Uh, it has been just wild. I streamed uh, Friday night, uh, Monday night, uh, then Tuesday night was the MLB The Show launch, um, which I didn't play until Thursday. Wednesday night, we did a our Out of the Park Baseball Season Predictions episodes. Um, you can catch all that stuff, by the way, over at um, YouTube.com slash OTP developments if you want to check out. We had some really, really cool stuff going on there. But by the time it came to uh, my usual record time of Tuesdays, I just didn't have the time I needed to put together a real episode for you guys. Um, I know we're early on in the lifespan of this podcast, but I really want to make sure that when I put together an episode, it is an episode of quality that, that I myself would want to listen to if another creator put it out. And then I said, well, we'll put it off. I'll record it on Thursday. And then by the time Thursday came around, I couldn't talk. My voice was was shot. I streamed for seven hours almost on Thursday morning and then another three hours on Thursday evening. And I just, by the end of it, I couldn't talk. Yesterday, which was Friday, I couldn't talk. So here we are. It's Saturday morning. I have my glorious cup of coffee in my beautiful Darth Vader mug that I acquired at Disney World. And I am excited to jump back in and give you guys another episode of The Snaggle Show. We'll be back on our regular schedule next week. Uh, episodes coming out on Wednesday. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I recorded next week's episode right before I'm recording this episode. So now I'm all out of order. But I have a really cool concept planned for this week, guys. This is something I've been wanting to do. One of the initial ideas that I had behind the return of the podcast is I'm going to have a series of episodes called the Mount Rushmore of series. Now, if you are an American or probably even a Canadian, you are well aware of what Mount Rushmore is. Don't ask me the name of the four presidents that are on it um, because I'm Canadian and I don't follow that close of attention. To all my American friends, I apologize. But basically, the concept is going to be we're going to pick a topic and I am going to give you what I feel are the four best items within that topic to create the Mount Rushmore of whatever we're talking about that week. And this week, in the vein of the release of Out of the Park Baseball 20 and MLB The Show 19, I am going to be talking about my Mount Rushmore of baseball video games. Now, a little bit of a backstory for those of you who uh, you know maybe don't follow me as closely as others. I am 37 at the time of recording this podcast, so my baseball video game experience dates all the way back to the NES. Actually, it would date all the way back to the Atari as well, but that was really young in my life. I don't remember a whole lot of that. So we're talking about, you know, NES all the way to today. You're talking 33, 34 years of historical experiences for me to draw on. And I'm telling you, when I sat down to make this list, to try to whittle down... 34 years of baseball video games to a list of four that I felt would best represent the the genre. Now, keep in mind, guys, that the Mount Rushmore 
is not necessarily the best or the most critically acclaimed or the best selling. They are the four games that I feel best represent the history of baseball video games. So <clears throat> let's kick it off with um, where I got my start. The first member of the Mount Rushmore of baseball video games is Baseball Stars from the NES. Now, if you've ever heard me on the Press Row podcast or on my Twitch channel or on any other podcasts that I have done, you, you know that I love Baseball Stars. And it is, I still own the actual cartridge for Baseball Stars. I have tweeted it out and Instagrammed it many, many times. Baseball Stars was the first baseball video game to feature a battery backup save, allowing you to create seasons and save them. I think the maximum season you could play was 120 games. It would save things like home runs, uh, pitching wins, pitching saves. Um, it was an unlicensed game, so it did not feature any um, actual major league teams. Although the one team, the American Dreams, was based on uh, MLB legends featuring players like Babe and Joe and Lefty. Um, just an amazing all-around team. Probably, they were easily the best team in the game. But you also had a team, um, a female team, the Lovely Ladies, which were a lot of fun. Um, you had the Ninja Black Sox, which was, again, loosely based on um, some historical um, Nippon professional baseball players like O, obviously as a nod to Sadaharu O, which is, in my opinion, the greatest home run hitter of all time, statistically the greatest home run hitter of all time also. Uh, but the game played basically like every other <laughs> NES game. You know, you had that behind-the-plate pitching view. You could move your pitcher around. But the, the graphics at the time were really, really well done. They were... In my opinion, probably at that time, you know, once we got past 1990, the graphics got a little bit better and then the Super Nintendo came around. But Baseball Stars had one of the better looking sets of graphics for a baseball game. I mean, a lot of people look at the Bases Loaded series. Uh, the Bases Loaded series was a lot of fun. But in my opinion, Baseball Stars was just, just did everything better. The game played better. Um, the controls were better. The, the fun factor was better. You could create custom teams uh, and go out and buy and sell and, and fire players and try to build your way through a season mode. Um, it's still a game to this day that I can load up on my NES Classic and play and just have a lot of fun. Um, you know, given the hardware limitations at the time, Baseball Stars, to me, still holds up as a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, I still enjoy playing it. Again, I, I was always a big American Dreams guy, just being a baseball history buff and being able to go in there and play with some of those guys. You know, had Cy Young on the mound, who I think they had as a lefty, maybe. I believe Cy Young is a righty in real life. Um, but, you know, hey, it doesn't have to be historically accurate. Again, they were loosely based. Uh, but Baseball Stars is the first induction into the Snaggle Show Mount Rushmore of baseball games. Let's keep going through the generational era here, and let's stop at Generation 
two, I guess. Now, it's at this point that my video game experience differs from a lot of other people because, as I've said before, I didn't have a Super Nintendo as a child. Um, I was a Genesis kid, not by choice, I might add. But when you're that young, you know, your parents make the decisions for you and, and you don't really complain. So, one of the benefits of that was it introduced me to a whole other series and collection of games that my friends weren't playing. One of those games, well, two of those games actually, but only one of them makes the list. One franchise in particular was the World Series Baseball franchise, which carried on until I believe 2K3 was the last one on the Dreamcast. And then I think it ended up turning into the 989 Sports Baseball, and then which eventually led to MLB The Show, but I might be wrong on that. I'd have to look up my history a little better. But for me, World Series Baseball 95, to this day, 25 years later, still by far would have the most playtime of any video game I've ever played. I probably played World Series Baseball 95 for three years. I did not buy another baseball game until it had to be the late 90s. Um, World Series Baseball 95 was absolutely amazing. A fully licensed MLB experience uh, with in-depth stat tracking. Um, while the graphics were a little lagging behind on the field for, for that particular era, I think there were definitely some 16-bit games that did graphics better. The game itself was incredibly fun. Um, you know, being able to pick your different pitch and pitchers having different repertoires and, you know, just being able to go through. The season mode was incredibly fun. Uh, again, the, the, the deep stat tracking, and, and especially in that era where there were so many great baseball players that I associated with, you know, the heroes of my youth. Like, for example, then, the Cleveland Indians were absolutely loaded back then, right, with, with Tome and Baerga and Ramirez and Bell and Charles Nagy, and I'm probably missing, you know, Vizquel and Sandy Alomar and Kenny Lofton. I mean, they were just a whole heck of a lot of fun to play with. I enjoyed the Blue Jays of that era still. You still had a lot of the pieces from the back-to-back -back World Series teams, you know, with Olerud and Carter and Guzman, and all of those guys were still uh, hanging around there, you know, Borders and Alomar. And, um, but for me, World Series Baseball, again, it was just, it was that game. It was that game that, I, that clicked. And there was another uh, baseball game in the Sega era that we're going to talk about in the honorable mentions a little more. But... For me, I, I, I thought the high watermark was going to be Sports Talk Baseball, which I played for several years. It was one of the, uh, it came out early in the Genesis life cycle, and it was fantastic. And then World Series Baseball came along and just, it captivated me to this other level um, where it was just, you know, for all the, the, the this small, and you know, playing it today, again, I think, I don't know if it necessarily stands the test of time as well as baseball stars does for different reasons. 
but the, the you know the, the 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 quirks and the small little issues with it i don't think they take away from the experience of how good of of a game that was the presentation was amazing you know the scoreboard between innings and you know the the commentator was was really good it was just one of those games that <clears throat> you know it it did a really good job at what it wanted to do it used the mlb license effectively you know with you know realistic and accurate stadiums and you know it just it was a whole heck of a lot of fun and again for me i can remember so many great memories so many world series championships that we won um so world series baseball 1995 version uh the second member of the mount rushmore of baseball video games now let's jump ahead 10 years to a game that will probably surprise nobody that it is on this list. Uh, a game that still, to this day, is played by thousands of people every day. To this day, 14, almost 15 years after it was released, is still getting updated rosters made by dedicated members of the community. And that is... MVP Baseball 05, which, again, should really surprise no one that this game is on the list. Arguably the best baseball video game ever made. I remember I was never really into the EA Baseball series. Uh, the earliest... EA game that I can remember dabbling with a little bit was Triple Play 98. And I remember playing it, and I remember how it had the, the little button where you could open your stance or close your stance or make your stance neutral, and thought that was kind of cool. But overall, for it coming out in 98, it didn't really offer me much of an advancement that I was already enjoying in my very established World Series Baseball 95. Excuse me. So I talk, I stuck with World Series Baseball 95 because it was what I knew. I, I remember dabbling in triple play and just, you know, picking it up at the, at the local video store and just not being impressed. And I think the first foray into the MVP series I had was MVP 03. And I remember it well because that was the first year that I had moved away from home for university. Uh, I had gone to UNB in Fredericton. Uh, I had an apartment with my girlfriend at the time, who was now my lovely wife, Mrs. J. And I remember it well because it came out on the Tuesday of March break. So, again, we call it March break in Canada. For those of you who are like, why are you calling it March break? It's spring break. We call it March break in Canada because it always happens. It's always the first full week of March up here. And I remember it came out on the Tuesday of March break. And I had stayed in Fredericton for March break. I did not come home. I just wanted to chill out. And I had some school projects and stuff to do. And I had hung out down there. And by Friday, I had played a complete 162-game season. Which is maybe... In terms of uh, sport video game franchises, is probably my greatest accomplishment. 
in four days, I played an entire, every game, 162-game season of MVP Baseball 03. I don't even know how that was possible, but I did it. And then, you know, I played it a bit more. And then MVP 05 came out, and I don't know, I don't think I'm the right person to say that MVP 05 is the greatest baseball video game of all time. I think it's definitely in, it's no worse than third. I think it has to be up there. I think, and we'll talk about this more in next week's episode, but I think MLB The Show 19 is inserting itself into that conversation, but that's a different topic for a different day. But MVP Baseball 05 just did everything right. The gameplay was spot on. Uh, the ability to create your own stadiums, uh, to be able to you know to go through the fun, realistic franchise mode. The, the game, every you know, even the little mini games, the pitching mini game and the batting mini games, they were fun. It had a little something for everyone. The gameplay was was great. The controls were great. There is a reason why people still play this game on PC fifteen years later, because. It's amazing. It's a great game. It's one of the most, given the technology at the time, one of the most accurate representations of baseball we've ever seen. And while in the last 15 years, graphics have gotten better and gameplay has gotten better and you know physics have gotten better because of technological advancements, I, I encourage you if, you, if you can, go dust off a copy of MVP 05 or find it on PC, download it and play it. You will not be disappointed. I played a couple games of it myself getting ready for for this episode uh, last week. And I was like, man, this game is still so good. It still has so much to offer and just it's it's an amazing game. And I think people look at that from the standpoint of you know, where the baseball video game landscape is now, where we have one licensed product on consoles that I consider to be a viable baseball experience, and that's MLB The Show. And and, and I don't need to go on the RBI baseball trash train. Um, you can go find, go to youtube.com slash thatsportsgamer and find the bullpen banter episode from a few weeks ago where we literally dug RBI baseball a grave. Um. But given the given the current baseball video game landscape, people clamor for EA to make MVP again. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like if EA made a baseball game, it would be the greatest thing on earth. I think NBA Live is a perfect example of where people wanted NBA Live to come back, and it came back, and it wasn't what they wanted. And while NBA Live is a great game, the fact that it is centered mostly on an online, friend-based, perfect team or ultimate team-based system, that's not what people wanted. People wanted the NBA Live of old with a robust franchise mode and, and that stuff. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend, like if the MVP baseball franchise came back next year, that it would immediately be the best baseball video game on the market. Because people are basing that opinion off of a game that is 15 years old. So MVP 05 
is in the vacuum of what it is. It is one of the best baseball video games ever. There is something in it for everyone. It has stood the test of time, and it takes its place on the Mount Rushmore of baseball video games. Now, as we move in to the final selection, this one caused me to lose some sleep. I had it narrowed down to two games. And the other game, obviously, will make the honorable mentions that we'll talk about at the end. But trying to decide which one of these two games deserved a place on my Mount Rushmore, I, I have gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And finally came to a decision and I, I switched it again right before I started recording. The final inductee to the Mount Rushmore of baseball video games is Super Mega Baseball 2. Now, again, I am well on the record many, 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 many times about how I feel Super Mega Baseball 2 is not only one of the most underrated sports games, but one of the most underrated video games ever made. The guys at Metalhead have made an unbelievable baseball experience that a lot of traditional baseball fans don't give the time of day because of the quote-unquote cartoony, big-headed graphics. Excuse me. But I've had conversations with people over time where I've said, they say, you know, I don't like the graphics. I said, listen, play the game. Play the game. Try it. Like, just, just give it a shot. I promise you will think differently of it after you play just one full game. And almost 100% of the time they come back with, wow, that was not what I expected. Because once you peel away that cartoonish big-headed layer you have in my opinion at the very least the second best representation of baseball ever made in terms of simulating what the game of baseball is like play a game of MLB the show 18 a franchise offline game where the gameplay is better, in my opinion. Go play a nine-inning game with evenly matched teams on an average difficulty, veteran, all-star. Then go play a game of Super Mega Baseball 2, nine innings, of same scenario. You know, average difficulty, similar teams. And just look at how the game plays, the hit variety, the way the players control, um, you know, the way fielding is and the way hitting is and the way pitching is, they're not that dissimilar. And I've been on record as saying MLB The Show 18 is the greatest representation of baseball ever made in the offline environment. Super Mega Baseball 2 is right there. Obviously, it has its knocks. Again, people don't enjoy the graphics. People don't like the fact it's not licensed. But 
they make up for that with a ridiculously customizable environment. You could create entire teams and logos from scratch and name your players and you know all the characters. You know, it has a very robust season mode as well. It also has, you know, an online ladder system. It's just a very, very well done game at half of the price of a AAA game. When Super Mega Baseball 2 or 1 first came out, it you know what? I, I had the initial skepticisms that everybody else had. I don't know this studio. The game looks funny graphically. And I gave it a shot and it was great. And Super Mega Baseball 2 came along and I was like, I'm jumping in on this because I really like what they did with the first one. And the second one was just absolutely amazing. If I could take one graphical-based baseball game and partner them with the -the out-of-the-park front end, the engine, the simulations, the depth, it would absolutely be Super Mega Baseball. Because it's... Once you get over the visuals, and again, I like the visuals. I think the visuals are great. I think they're cool. It's different. When you're making, when you're going up against an entrenched, veteran, year after year, solid performer in MLB The Show. You have to be different or you die. RBI Baseball is not different. (laughs) It's different in the aspect that it's bad. But again, and again, TJ and I talked about this on Bullpen Banter, but RBI Baseball is not doing anything that you can't do in MLB The Show. If RBI Baseball was five bucks then maybe I jump on it. But when you're putting that game out at $30, $40 with the experience that it gives you, it's dead in the water before it even launches. Super Mega Baseball is different. It's a different game. It offers you a level of customization never before seen in baseball games. It's a great on-field experience. The pitching, the way the pitching mechanics are done is really, really cool. Hitting is fun. It's... Just a very, very, very well done game and well deserving of being on my Mount Rushmore of baseball video games. So to recap, Baseball Stars, World Series Baseball 95, MVP Baseball 05, and Super Mega Baseball 2 are my Mount Rushmore of baseball video games. I would love to hear your guys' Mount Rushmore of baseball games. Hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com slash snagglej, or jump in my Discord at discord.snaggle.club. Let me know. I, I would love to hear it. I would love to debate with you. Um, I'm going to hit some honorable mentions right quick. First of all, the out-of-the-park baseball franchise. I did not include, um, because again, as I said at the top of the show, I do work for out-of-the-park baseball. While Out of the Park Baseball 19 is an amazing, amazing experience, I did not want this episode to turn into a hashtag ad. Um, So I I, I stuck them in the honorable mentions. Um, Also in the honorable mentions, Base Wars, which was a a funky little NES game where the players were replaced with robots. And when you were tagged out, um, you had to fight the other player. And if you won, you got to keep running. uh, And you could get weapons. And there was tanks and cyborgs and flybots and motorcycle guy which everybody hated and they had laser swords and flying fists and it was just it was baseball but 
That's kind of where, other than the fact that it was played on a diamond with a ball, um, that was pretty much where it ended. Uh, Little League Baseball Championship Series for the NES is basically a baseball stars clone. Uh, it's made by the same people. Um, the only difference is is that it was based around the Little League Baseball Championships. Um, you know, it had national based teams. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it had all the different U.S. teams. Uh, so like with states, you know, it had Florida and Pennsylvania and. And then it had Canada and Japan and South Korea. And it was a lot of, it was, again, it was very much like baseball stars. Um, you know, missing the season mode, of course. It did have, like, the tournament mode. Um, but, again, a very good game in its own right. Uh, the original RBI Baseball, which I think was, you know, the first real licensed baseball game that was available. I was more partial to RBI Baseball 4 which I'm surprised I didn't mention during my uh, Sega portion talking about World Series, but RBI Baseball 4 was a great game as well. Um, Sports Talk Baseball, which I mentioned earlier, um, which was the first baseball game to offer play-by-play -play commentary, despite the fact that the commentary was you know, usually 10 to 15 seconds behind. Um, it did offer a season mode, but only in terms of tracking wins and losses. Uh, it was Back then, I used to have a piece of paper where I would track home runs and RBIs um, actually on my sheet manually. And then I evolved it a little bit to have at-bats, hits, home runs, and RBIs so I could track um, batting average as well. Um, a, a funky little game. Uh, it was Again, it was really cool. The hitters had a lot of different batting stances, which was fun. Um, it didn't use the players' names. It always just called them by their number and what position they played. But again, it was a fully fully licensed in terms of just the players. So it was only licensed by the MLB Players Association. So it did not have the real teams, I don't think. I think it just had the cities. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, and MVP 07, which was the NCAA version. Um, a great game. I loved the NCAA version. Again, it was a lot of fun. The recruiting and stuff was great. I was a huge NCAA football um, video game fan, so to see that you know make its way to the baseball side of the NCAA was great. Um, all of the the different quirks, you know, where you play on the weekends and you only really had three starters or two starters in some case, and going to the regionals and the super regionals and the college world series and recruiting, uh, it was all very, 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 very fun. And last but not least on the honorable mentions is MLB The Show 18. Um, which was the game that I was flip-flopping back and forth with Super Mega Baseball 2. I personally thought MLB The Show 18 was amazing. Uh, it was great. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there, especially in the online segment, who were large detractors of the game. Uh, but the offline portion of it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, we're going to talk more about MLB The Show 18 in next week's episode, um, but it, I did want to include it in the honorable mentions because it was so, so, so close. But anyways, guys, again, to recap, Baseball Stars, World Series Baseball 95, MVP 05, Super Mega Baseball 2, my four games on the Mount Rushmore of baseball video games. Uh, again, hit me up. I'd love to hear yours. Twitter.com slash SnaggleJ, Discord.Snaggle.Club. Come hit it up. Come talk. Let's talk baseball video games. Um, next week's episode, again, we'll be back to the regular days of Wednesdays. I'm going to be giving my early review of MLB The Show 19. I've been playing it a lot. I've been having a lot of fun, but let's dig into the nuts and bolts and let's talk about 
MLB The Show 19 on next week's episode of The Snaggle Show. As always, I appreciate you guys subscribing to the podcast, listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Appreciate uh, your ear holes for as long as you listen. And until next time, peace. <laughs>